Welcome to the Personal Best Podcast, powered by Jets Australia. My name is Bart. I'm going to be one half of your hosting cohort for today. To my left is the man known as Jacob Kettle. Good morning. Something you should know, guys. Humans are the only mammal that will delay sleep. Another thing you should know is to follow the podcast and to have a good day. How are you this morning, Bart? I'm doing really well. I'm recovered. That's a great fact, considering what we're going to talk about today. It is. I thought we would lean into the world of sleep and recovery i did try and find uh facts about recovery but just a tidbit that this is recovery based on mm. gym fitness world 100%. i was trying mainly it was mainly addiction recovery <laughs> facts that i was getting um that weren't really applicable and we shouldn't really be talking about that side of recovery we're not the ones to be giving that but we will be talking about how to get in the best recovery in the gym. It is, and it's a, re- it's a really important thing and something that I don't think gets enough weight. But as we're seeing in the fitness industry now, it is getting more weight. You know, there's more recovery centers that focus on physical and mental recovery popping up and you can buy a membership, like you buy a membership to a gym too. So it's, it's coming back into the zeitgeist, which, which I really like. I like that and as well. And for those that are listening and kind of think, well, how, how does this, this apply to me? Recovery is everything. Mm. Recovery from the stress you apply to your body will dictate your results. It will dictate the, the type of human that you are. And I'm convinced that in an ever-growing modern world, we're sort of losing touch with what it means for our body to feel something and to recover from something or, or even to listen to what our body's saying. Yep. So... The stuff we're going to go through today are some tools, some tools that will help your recovery from the gym, but also help with recovery full stop. You know, that there's more benefits from just than just muscle gain and, and fat loss from these tools. Um, so we're going to go through some tools that you'll be able to apply. And then we're going to give you a bit of an action plan of some big bang for your buck things that you can do you know, before your workouts, after your workouts. That'll help your recovery. And I'm convinced that there are a lot of members out there, more than we think, I reckon, that are training five, six, seven days a week. They're busting their ass in the gym, but they're not seeing any results. And the missing link that they are missing is this piece. Yep. Because as I get older, the more I realize if I want better or faster results, I don't need to give myself more stress. I'm, I'm doing enough of that already. I need to be giving myself more recovery, more recovery potential. And so the way the sort of the recovery and adaptation process works is if you think of a baseline, you damage yourself, you drop below that baseline in the gym or through any stress in life as well, you know, your, your work stress, your life stress, what have you. And then recovery is what brings you back up to that baseline. But it's adaptation that suits you to above this baseline to create a new baseline. So not only are we wanting to recover, but we're wanting to adapt, we're wanting our body to change. And adaptation and recovery are essentially different. And so every time we go to the gym, we want you to be recovering so that you can adapt thereafter to create a new baseline of fitness, a new baseline of muscle, a new baseline of, um, of, of fat loss or fitness or, or what have you. And so recovery plays a really integral role um, in that process. And all we're trying to do with recovery really is to balance this uh, uh, rest and digest versus fight and flight system. And with that comes some physiological things like high cortisol and adrenaline throughout the day, which you might get to in a sec. But we need to be spending more, t- more of our time, particularly in this modern world, in this parasympathetic, this rest and digest nervous system state. And so the tools that we're doing here, most of them will allow us to get into that state. But some of, us, some of these tools actually give you a different stress that then allow you to enter that state after it. Some stuff like sauna and ice baths we'll talk about. Not yep. necessarily relaxing, particularly in ice baths, which I'm sure you're very aware of. Very aware. Um, 
not exactly relaxing, but then I'll teach your body to be able to get into the parasympathetic uh, after the fact. Yep. So we need to I need you to slow down a bit there, but this is the beginner's guide to recovery. Oh, sorry, yeah. We're using <laughs> big did, words like parasympathetic yeah. nerves. Yeah, we need to slow it, bring it back. I want you to go, when we're going through this, we want to explain why we're getting there, how we're getting there, what we're getting there. If you weren't aware, this is part three of a three-part series mm-hmm. of Beginner's Guide to Exercise, Beginner's Guide to Nutrition, and Beginner's Guide to Recovery. And I feel like it is that third step mm. in when you're doing your fitness journey, you obviously go into the gym, exercise. I'm figuring out the exercises. How can I, how is this helping me? Mm-hmm. Then the next step is nutrition. Mm-hmm. How you kind of learn, you go, all right, that's another piece. And then the third key is that recovery that people usually wait till last mm-hmm. to really figure out, fi- figure out how important it actually is. So we've put it in the third for that reason. True. Um, and we'll talk about it. And some people don't actually realize it. Some people still, no. some pe- some people still equate, if I want to get more results or faster results, I just need to hammer myself more and thrash myself more. But that uh, that's far from the truth. And... It might be working for some people. Like some people don't have to survive on so much sleep or they recover a lot better than others. Mm. And some people it will help you massively then you won't realise. Oh, 100%. So, we, we do, so hopefully by the end of this episode, you do have some tools, you do have some takeaways that you can then apply to your own recovery in your own life context. So I've talked to you about the philosophy like we're doing in these episodes. I then want to talk about the tools. I then want to talk about the application so we're going to go through the tools. They're not necessarily in any order, except for maybe the first one. Um, but these are things that can help with, with this. With this it's just process. a big bag of tools. The ones you get from Bunnings is just your handyman's toolbox at home. You just It's not divided into any containers and special spanners nah, or anything. Do that where it's just dad's old rusty toolbox and you're going to pull one out and go, that'll help for something, That's but it. I don't know what. <laughs> That's exactly We'll it. tell you what's going to fix. What an analogy. So your tools, right? I want to talk about this one first off and foremost. I talk about it a lot. We just had a um a gathering where all the Jets Network came together and we got a specialist speaker to talk about about this tool just because it's that powerful. And that tool is sleep. The most unsexy thing you can think about when it comes to your recovery. But trust me on this one thing. All the good stuff you want your body to recover from, all the good stuff you want your to you want to happen to your body happens when we sleep. And we sort of do this thing in this modern world where we have a busy day and then we reward ourselves at night by you know, have maybe having a glass of wine and staying up a bit later and, and just relaxing. But if we can somehow shift our paradigm to understand that if we sleep better at night, it makes us so much better during the day and during the months and the years ahead, I think that could be a stud the start of a psychological shift for a lot of people. So sleep, magic things happen. We've talked about what sleep does to your microbiome, it's sort of throws and levels out your microbiome redistributes the bugs throughout your gut it's where we recover from the damage of uh, from our muscles so if we damage ourselves in the gym sleep is where we mostly do all of that repair so if building muscle or toning your body is your goal sleep is actually when that happens has a lot to do with how our processes burn fat as well so if you want to be if you want to lose weight particularly fat and not muscle sleep will actually help you burn fat more efficiently throughout the day it also helps your behaviors. So if you struggle with the food that you eat, sleep can regulate your appetite, particularly your, um, your, your appetite hormones, to make you less hungry at certain parts in the day, and that will hopefully make you make better food choices as well. But specifically about recovery, all the recovery from the stress we have during the day happens at night when we sleep. There's a reason why we need a certain amount of sleep every day. And if you, you know, if you have a few poor nights sleep, you feel pretty rubbish after that. Yes. 
Um, I wanted to talk, this is a bit of a sidestep out there, how important sleep is. I, I heard a bit of a, a tough, sad story on A Current Affair the other night mm. about sleep. And it was about a family who have a, degener- a degenerative disease called fatal familial insomnia. Fatal familial insomnia. And it's, it's something that only about 20 families across the world have. Wow. And it's probably the one of the worst things I could ever imagine myself having. Um, basically, you just live a normal life and then one day some neurons kick off in your brain and you can't sleep ever again. No. You can't get into a certain... I don't know how much of it is. You definitely can't get into REM sleep. I don't know if you can sleep physically at all, but it will basically happen. And this lovely uh, brother and sister from Australia have it. Oh. Um, they've lost their mother, their grandmother to it. It runs in the family. Um, and the, o- the oldest brother has now over in about a couple of months has gone from this regular living life to can't walk anymore and struggling to speech so and it's something that they don't have a cure for at the moment because there's so few families that actually have it but it goes to show like that how much our body depends on sleep and hopefully they find a cure out there for those people because that sounds like that's really morbid yes (laughs) but it's it's like but imagine living that life imagine living that life Knowing that one day these neurons are going to kick on or whatever, and you know you're not going to be able to fall asleep. Yeah, because we know how you've had. Have you had times where you haven't been able to sleep for a few days? That kind of thing kick off. Yeah, and you just you've never felt worse, really, have you? You don't. It it changes your entire being. And if you're a parent out there, you know exactly what we're talking about. And sleep, and and they've done some really inhumane studies in the past about, um, you know, how long can a human stay up for, or what happens if a human doesn't get X amount of hours sleep over X amount of days, and the outcomes of those of those studies are, are absolutely are not not good. They're haunting. They're disgusting. Sleep's great. So make sure you are getting the right amount of sleep, particularly for your recovery. And in terms of tips of sleep, we've done a few episodes on sleep before, but some really hot tips. Wake up at the same time every day. Calm yourself down before you go to bed every night to allow yourself to lull into sleep. Um, and just try and be consistent with your sleep um, sleep and wake up. Um. Can I just ask, a few weeks ago we talked about there was a Pokemon sleep app <laughs> that we talked about that gave yeah. you a sleep score. Did you end up, Bart, Bart was saying he's going to assign himself the task of yeah. signing up for it for a few weeks or months. And di- how did you go? Did you do it? So I downloaded it. I haven't used it yet, but do you want to know why? So when I sleep... I put my phone as far away from me as possible, the other side of the house. Okay. Just so yeah. I can't, you know, I don't want those, those, yeah, those yep. um, what are they called? IG, IG receptors EMS, in your <laughs> You know, with my tinfoil hat on. Um, and so with the app, I've downloaded it. You have to have the phone on yep. next to you. Okay. For it to read you. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to warm myself up to it. I'm in it right now. But it's really, it's really cool because you get the feed. It's Snorlax. You get the feed. Yeah, Snorlax honestly, feed feed Yeah. All right. I c- I'll commit to it right right here, right now. So sleep is your number one tool, all right? If you tick that box, most of the other boxes of what you want to do in your life will be ticked as well. The next tool I want to talk about, one that I use quite often, is hot and cold contrast. Have you heard of this before? I have. So the way this works is that you jump into a pool, a plunge pool that's very cold. The one I use is about uh, 8 to 12 degrees, depending mm-hmm. on what day it is. You sit in there for zero for thirty seconds to four minutes, then you jump into another pool, but it's hot, so it has so that's thirty eight degrees, which is one temperature above your internal temperature. And what the cold is doing is that it's restricting your blood ves- blood vessels, pushing all the blood into your your center to keep you alive. It's a stress. And then when you enter the warm, all of a sudden those blood vessels relax and the blood pushes to your extremities. 
And so what this is proposed to do is help remove metabolites by flushing blood yeah. in, in and around your body. Um, but it has a lot to do with you know stuff like cold shock proteins, which are these special proteins that can help with circulation uh, and help with uh, adipose tissue burning, so burning fat as well. I think the research is, is, is there, but I wouldn't put, bank, bank, put my hat on You're that. You're not relying solely no. to lose, lose it on that. Correct. But it also helps with muscle soreness and muscle recovery. One thing to note with cold water as well, particularly if muscle gain is, is your goal, mm-hmm. cold water exposure, so which is really popular at the moment, um, uh, attenuates muscle gain, so it blunts the muscle building process because it gets rid of inflammation. So if you do a, a, a muscle building workout and jump in a cold bath, what the research is telling us is that that can blunt or, sp- or dampen the muscle building signal because our body needs that inflammation to build muscle to have that process. Okay, because that's a, that's a good little tidbit coming into summer because at the moment it's, it's cold water season, it's cold shower season, yeah, and after a, a hard workout you might want to jump in there with a cold shower. So you're saying, should I be pumping that to hot? So I think if it's, if it's a shower, I think that's okay. If it's one of those specifically created plunge pools with ice in it or whatever, yep. maybe push that back a few hours or try and yeah. do it on a recovery, on a recovery day. day. 100%. Um, but if performance is your game, like if you're, if, you're, if you're doing double days, if you're a footy player or a rugby player, um, it's good to do that because it will, it, will, it will quicken your recovery physiologically but not necessarily... Um, make you gain more muscle. So if you have a double day where you do a session in the morning, do an ice bath, then do another session in the afternoon, it may help in that instance. So in terms of performance, it can help with that, but muscle gain, we're finding it might not be the best thing for you. So contrast therapy, I'm a big fan of. There are specialist centers that do it, but a good way to do it as well, if if you're starting off, is do it in a cold, do it in the shower in the morning. So do 30 seconds cold, 30 seconds hot, 30 seconds cold, 30 seconds hot, 30 seconds cold, and then get out of that shower. Also, get your soap on, you know, wash your body, do all that sort Did of stuff. Did you have too. one of those? I feel like we don't have it much anymore. Um, when you would turn a, the hot or cold on in the sink, your shower would go off? That, like, th- would switch? <laughs> yeah. I remember make, like playing pranks <laughs> with my sisters or dad. Like, as soon you as, you, as, soon you as they'd go in for a hot shower, you'd just pump it in the kitchen and then you'd hear them screaming because it's cold. I don't think that, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think no. it's a bit better working at the moment. You I can't really do that, but... Plumbing technology has come a long way, mm. you know, but back in the day, that was a lot of fun. I do remember that. Third tool is sauna. So, similar to sort of um, the hot part of the contrast therapy... Exposing yourselves to extreme temperatures for a certain amount of time is actually a stress. Because what happens to the body after that and acclimatizing your body to that heat where the benefits are. And so sauna has some incredible, um, there's a lot of robust research around it. Even to do with stuff with, with mood and stuff like longevity as well. Like the, um, There's a number of European countries where sauna is a part, it's a part of their culture, it's a part of their life. Mm-hmm. And they sort of they, they attribute a lot of good health benefits to it. Yeah. And so the the sauna, but particularly the infrared sauna, is really interesting. And we'll talk about light therapy a bit later, but it's a fascinating science. I'll, I'll pause um, before I get too nerdy with that. Fourth tool is compression boots. We've tried compression boots a lot. They're the normal tech boots you may have seen them. They look like big Michelin man legs. Uh, people sitting in chairs. They put them on. And basically, what they do is they squeeze your leg. And they squeeze your legs, so they start at your foot and squeeze your ankle, then your calf, then your knee, and then your quad to push blood up to the center of your body, and then it deflates and allows the blood to push back. 
So again, it's looking at sort of the it's directly affecting the nerves by the pressure on the legs, but it's also affecting your your, your blood flow and your, your circulation as well. So if you've had a big leg day, for example, those compression boots can help a lot. They're great. Help you get those metabolites in and out. Uh, massage guns. This is percussion therapy. These are again are pretty popular, and you see them sold everywhere. They sort of provide a very acute uh, stimulus to the nervous system. So if you're if you've got a really tight muscle in your mid back, for example, and it's it's stopping you from doing rows uh, properly, you can get that gun, localize that muscle tightness, and it'll, it'll relieve a bit of pain, relax that muscle a little bit, and really speak to the nervous system to relax wherever that percussion machine is punching locally on the body. Um, also very good generally. So I know a, a guy that before every workout he gets his clients. To get a massage gun and just do a once over of the entire body just to wake up the nerves. Yeah, system. like that. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, but be careful if you're prone to bruising or you know you have pretty sensitive skin or you don't have much muscle mass, the guns can actually be quite damaging mm. um, if you don't use them properly. Um, but can help for recovery too. But I, I, to be honest, I prefer to use them mid workout or before a workout just to allow me to get better ranges of motion. Are you in your resting sets just. <coughs> yep. Yeah, 100%. But don't do it too much. You can't, have, you can't have too much of a good thing, right? Um, Moderation, they say. They do. My mobility and stretching. I'm a big fan. Um, and I want to separate the two, mobility and stretching. So when we're talking about mobility, we're talking about doing movements that allow our body to move through greater ranges of motion with control. So mobility is often dynamic, meaning you're always moving or you're always shifting or you're always trying to encourage a deeper range of motion in whatever motion you're doing. And I like to do mobility before I do the workout, before I add the stress to help with my recovery later on, but also to help me with my workout that's about to come up. So if I know I'm doing squats, I know I have tight internal external rotators. So I'll always focus on doing mobility exercises, 1990s, McGill airplanes, stuff like that to mobilize my hips, to allow me to have a better workout. And then after the workout is when I stretch. This is the static stuff. So stuff like your quad stretch, your pigeon stretch, your your traditional stretches. There's a bit of research out there saying that holding a static stretch, I think everyone's aware of this now, holding a static stretch for a long time can actually decrease muscle power because you're holding a position and you're telling your body this position is safe. So the nervous system goes, all right, this position is safe. I can downregulate. I don't need to do anything. And then what you don't really want to do then is to do high-power squats or deadlifts after that. Yep. And I think mobility is something that is quite new in the realm of people are respecting it more of a mm. – used to be like if you're a harsh-power athlete doing a one RM squat, you only really need to do that movement. And now you see like the Chinese Olympic weightlifters as the mobile as ever or like your NFL linebackers it mm. used to be – this one thing, I just need to be powerful at this, but the more mobile you are, it seems to help in oh, every sense hun- of the way. 100%. And if you can control that mobility, that's where, that's where the magic is, you know. Um, and a word on stretching as well, I'll often do a bit of stretching at night. So it's only five or ten minutes, I'll probably only focus on one or two positions, like a, a wide straddle or a, um, or a prayer position, but I just sit in it for two or three minutes. And f- the frequency of stretching is what helps you with recovery. So rather than just doing one big stretching session once a week, I'd prefer you to do five minutes every single day. And then that stretching will relieve those tight muscles and help with recovery um, and then also help with what happens in the next workout as well. A couple more here. Walking and light cardio. 
if you do light cardio after a big leg day, for example, you're doing what the compression boots and what the hot, what the hot and cold contrast is doing. You're moving blood around the body. <coughs> motion is lotion, baby. And if the blood's flowing very lightly, it's transporting oxygen, it's tra- transporting nutrients, and it's getting rid of the bad stuff that we've built up from our workouts. So if you want, if you want to do a, a self experiment on this, do a heavy leg day and then sit down for the rest of the day see how you feel the next day and then the next week do another heavy leg day but then make sure on the same day you get your 10,000 steps and notice the difference you'll you'll have much less delayed on set of you'll have much less soreness on the day that you move um and you may even attribute to better muscle gains and better 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 shape of the body down the track because you're actively helping your body recover you're doing yep. active recovery and so you can be simple as jumping on a, on a spin bike just ticking it over for 20 minutes or the way I like to do it is 15 minutes walk breakfast lunch and dinner and that way you've done 45 minutes of, uh, of walking throughout your day yeah. light therapy this is a woo-woo these last three are, are a little bit woo-woo okay but I think they have some they have some punch light therapy so you may have seen these light panels on the interwebs or on, on social media which are basically light panels of red light and these red lights emit infrared near-infrared and far-infrared light spectrums. We get these light spectrums from the sun naturally. And what these light spectrums do is they penetrate the skin and they actively talk to your mitochondria, which are your energy systems of your cells. It's a beginner's, it's a beginner's episode, right? Yep. The mitochondria Watching. are in your cells um, and they give you your energy. And so if you shine it on your... Um, on your shoulder, for example, it'll stimulate the mitochondria in your muscles, which may help with muscle recovery. But what we're also finding is if we shine it on our skin, like on our face, the collagen in our skin all of a sudden gets an upregulation, so people are seeing clearer skin. Mm. There's even research on hair growth. So people are shining it on their heads. They're getting these light spectrums through their scalp, and then they're slowly starting to grow back hair because their mitochondria are being stimulated. Is that why you have that big light dome at your desk that you put it yourself <laughs> under every day? Every day, all day, every day. Mm. It's not, not for tanning. It's no. for mitochondria stimulation. And even stuff like if you, si- if you shine it on, this is a bit weird, but if you shine it on a certain part of the man's body. I have heard that. I know some CEOs, I've got, um, I watched a video of a multi-million dollar CEO and he takes his pants off halfway through the day, shines it and then walks on a treadmill for 45 minutes. You wouldn't want to be in the same room, but it's fascinating. Yeah. And so that, n- and then they're seeing a boost in testosterone as a result of mm. it, which can help with recovery, which is what we're talking about today. And it's, it's so it's it's local. So if you've got one of these little light panels again, you have a heavy leg day, you sit under the light panel on your lap or whatever, um, fifteen minutes, you can, this can help with recovery. Yep. If you're if you're listening to this and you already do that, you're definitely not a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should you should not be here. Um, last two, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, and now sort of give some tips on how to apply these. Breathing. So we, um, again, we sort of had a big, a big gathering last week and we got some breath experts in to take us through a breathing technique known as over-oxygenation or super-oxygenation. Man, it was trippy. I was seeing like kaleidoscopes. I, I lost my hearing for a little bit there. Yeah. It was, um, it's a very powerful tool. What we did was a stimulate, was stimulatory. So when we're talking about breathing for recovery, we sort of want to do the opposite, but we can still control our body through our breath and so if we breathe through our nose we might we know that the no that no nasal breathing gives us a lot of a lot of different benefits as opposed to mouth breathing stuff like um nitric oxide uh increase uh lower resting heart rate 
um, and warmer air, cleaner cleanser, cleansed air coming into our body. And so if we simply do a practice of box breathing, which we've talked about before, of just some very deep diaphragmatic breathing, deep belly breathing, that can calm us down. Yep. And so remember, this is all about trying to get into this rest and digest nervous system state to calm our body down. So if we go to the gym, stress ourselves out, we go to a high-stress job, it's cortisol all day, you know, you're worried about this report, Susie from accounting got the numbers wrong, stress, 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 stress. And you come home and you're like, man, I need to, I need to calm down, otherwise my body's not going to recover from that workout later on. You can do breathing to bring yourself back into that state. Yep. And then that consequently will lead to better recovery because you're allowing your body to, to relax. And even as simple as having a longer out-breath than in-breath can do that for you. Yeah. Have you heard of the concept of mewing before? <laughs> no. You don't. You're not aware of what mewing <laughs> no, is? I'm now, when you're breathing, when you're sitting, resting in the day, is your tongue sitting at the bottom of your mouth or touching the roof of the it's mouth? It's at the, it's at the bottom. Yep. And I've done a bit of research after mm. finding out about mewing. Oh, just some local research around the office. And <laughs> I feel like mostly it's men that leave their tongue mm. resting at the bottom of their mouth. Mm. Generally, women, I think you're supposed to be touching the top. So wait, is it the, at the tip of the tongue or the back of the tongue? Or, um, or both? Pretty much the whole thing. You should, to help better breathing, okay, yeah. it helps with your tongue is resting at the top of your mouth. Okay, and yeah. generally, um, when you're sleeping at night, men will, their tongue will fall back into their throat and that yeah. causes a lot of um, snoring. And that's why men snore a bit more than women. Mm. Um, but mewing is like the teaching of... Um, telling your body no, put the tongue at the, at top. the top, and it you see a lot like of jaw definition of guys that have their tongue rested at the bottom because mm. they have a weak jaw and wow. a bit long. So if you change that, you can get a bit of a stronger jawline and help you breathe better that's later awesome. in life. Speaking of yes, that's awesome, and it makes sense though. Hey, because I suppose it would sort of sometimes I'm like I have to try and tell myself I'm like <laughs> put it at the top. Mew, mew baby, mew. There is. Have you seen? This is a side tangent. Sorry, sorry, this people. Episode. Have you seen uh, a product called Jaws Aside? I have seen. Yeah, that actually. so it's a it's like a little apparatus you put in your mouth and you chew it to to build and define your jaw yeah. muscles. There's a guy out there that's making money off that. <laughs> that is, and I kind of want one. <laughs> I want to try it. That's brilliant. Interesting. Mewing, breathing, breathing. So breathing is really important, and how you breathe is really important. Try and breathe through your nose. And the last one is meditation. Now, meditation sort of does the same thing as what we're trying to talk about here. Bring you back into that rest and digest nervous system state so you can allow your body to do what it does best, and that is recover um, from your session. And what I've found, I've found great benefit through meditation. I'm sort of off the train now, but every now and then I'll go back on because I realize just how good it is. If you're really reluctant to meditation, you feel like that is not for me. I find it really hard to sit here by myself just with my thoughts. Mm. That tells me you need it the most. Yep. Right? And so give it a go. Lean in and practice it. And remember, it is a practice. You're going to be crap at it the first time you do it. But the more times you do it, the more you, the more settled you become and the more centered you become. If you do it well yeah. enough, you start to see so like kaleidoscopes and you see you go to a different yeah, place. Yeah, and uh, well, like the breathing guy said, he wasn't much for one for meditating, but mm. just doing, focusing on breathing mm. is meditating in itself and it helps you like, because sometimes I don't like meditating if I just have to think about nothing because yep. you don't know what you're really doing. But if you have something to focus on, True. breathing, breath. yep. that's meditation. And in fact, all, every meditation that I've done, they always they always say in their very woo-woo voice, if you start, if your thoughts start moving around, Just go. Come, back, come back to go your breath. Come back, come back to, to breath. breath. Go there. 
So and they'll come back. Give that a crack. So there's so there's a number of tools here, team. But I want to quickly go through the application of these tools, particularly if you're listening to this guy. And this is a lot of information. What can I take out from this? And what is something I can do that will give me the minimal effective dose? Um, what's the smallest thing I can do to get the biggest effect? Mm-hmm. And this is it here. On workout days, get direct sunlight in the morning and wake up at the same time every day. Super simple. The sleep guide that talked to us last week, that was one of his main takeaways. Okay. Is wake up at the same time every day and a lot of other things will fall into place because of that. If you get direct sunlight in the morning, we're leaning into light therapy. So remember the lights, the lights I'm talking about before, they're emulating and intensifying the sun. So the sun can give you these benefits too. So first step, get direct sunlight in the morning. Before your workout, mobilize. Don't overcomplicate it. If you're squatting, do two mobilization exercises, one for your hips and one for your upper back. Do them really well. After your workout, stretch. Same thing. Don't need to do a heap of different stretches. Just pick one or two and own them for a month or two until you become better at them. Now I want you to walk after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So motion is lotion. We're pushing blood around the body. And then at night time, focus on that sleep routine by a practice of breathing. All right. So these are some really simple things that you can make a habit. If you do these enough, they'll become second nature. These are things that I do almost every single day on workout days, and I don't think about it. So I'm already doing a lot of stuff for my recovery and my results just by doing this. On rest days, here's what you can do if you want to go a step further. Some light cardio or compression boots. So both of these things just push blood around the body. That's what we're trying to do, remove the metabolites and um, and promote recovery through blood flow. Word of warning, don't hammer yourself on the cardio. It's supposed to be very, very, very extremely light, like a 2 or 3 out of 10 effort level, no more than that. If you do more, you're just adding more stress and you're not recovering anymore. Stretch, so have some sort of dedicated stretching process on your on your rest days. If you're one of those people that wants to get into the gym every day or, or thinks they should be in the gym every day, Go in, do some light cardio, do some stretching. Static stretching, get better at these positions. And then you can dive into a hot and cold contrast on your rest day or a sauna if that's a thing you want to and that's a thing you can do. I like to do these on rest days. Just It keeps my mind um, keeps my mind moving. It keeps me thinking that I'm doing stuff to help yeah. my progress even though I'm not in the gym. And simply doing those things will take you a very, very long way when it comes to recovery from your workouts in the gym. And like Jacob mentioned at the start of the episode, focus on your exercise first, dive into a bit of nutrition, and then start to weave in these recovery strategies and see what they do to you. Because I think the best thing about these recovery strategies is it's not just about recovery from the gym. These give you benefits far beyond that as well. And these are things that will really help with your general wellness um, every single day. And that is the finito part of our three-part series, a beginner's, a beginner's Guide to Exercise, a Beginner's Guide to Nutrition, and a Beginner's Guide to Recovery. If you liked these episodes, please let us know. We'd love to do more part and, and canon-y episodes. So if yeah. you found... What do you want to know about? Yeah, 100%. So if you, yeah, if you w- tell us what you want to know about. Tell us if you want more, a deeper dive into certain things, um, and then we can bring that content to you. Make sure you do follow us on all of the things. We're J-E-T-T-S on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, if, you, if, you, if you're still rolling through Facebook. Um, make sure you like the show. Make sure you follow the show. Um, and that's it for me. Keep being your personal best. Have a good one. See you guys. Bye.